Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. John chapter 16, we are going to read from verse 7 to 15. I'm going to read from the NIV. If you're there, say my hallelujah. Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, this is Jesus speaking, the advocate, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, one, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I say the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the giver of your Spirit, we come to you asking ever so humbly that you dwell with us today. We come to you because we are getting into the very wisdom of your word. We cannot do it without your help. Help my tongue to speak the very truths of your word. Help us to hear, but not only to hear, but when we leave the house of God to do what you have instructed us to do. Help us to shine like never before. Help us, Jehovah, to know the truths of your word. Even when the enemy comes in like a flood, Jehovah, he even wants us not to understand your word this moment. And so I pray for your strength, Jehovah. Fight him for us, King of kings and Lord of lords. Help us in your house today. As we continue, King of kings, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we all shout, Amen. Imwezi, as you know, we are talking about uh, the Spirit of God, but we begin by facts, some did you know moments. Did you know before 1920, some frugal parents in the U.S. used to send their children in the mail to meet them at the destination because postage was cheaper than the train ticket? Hey, come on, Number two, did you know that in eight out of ten music genres reported, uh, reported the word love as the most used word? Love is one of the most used words in songs. Did you know that? Did you know that research shows that goats are socially aware of the environment they are in? They can differentiate between other goats' happiness or displeasure just by listening to their voices. Did you know? Did you know? I said this last week. 
But it is important that every Christian discovers and develops their spiritual gifts. It is very important that you discover and develop your spiritual gift because God has bestowed them upon us. They are gifts. Do you know the feeling of giving somebody a gift and they never use it? Do you know the feeling of being given a gift by the Almighty God <laughs> and you don't use it? Because each one of you has a gift. You do. Some of us think that, oh my goodness, it's been such a bad year. It's been such a bad week. My family is in such a bad place. I am not blessed. Lies from the devil. God has gifted you. So do you know that you must discover and develop those gifts? I said last week that one of the things I believe God will do when he says, well done, good and faithful servant, is because you discovered and you used the gifts inside of you. But I have a question though, and this will make the theme of the, the Jews of what we're talking about today. Do you desire using these gifts inside of you? That's the question. Because I know I've asked this question in smaller spaces of do you know you have gifts inside of you? They're like, eh, yes, no, you know, it does, I don't really know, I don't care really. But do you desire those gifts? Do you desire the gift of service? And I kid you not, there's many here who are like, I don't really care much for these gifts. Yeah, because I, as in, I don't have to know that I possess them, let alone use them. So do you, as a believer, somebody who says in the heart of hearts, follows Jesus, desire these gifts? Because they are in you. They are inside of you, whether you believe it or not. Let me give you um, reasons for the desirability of these gifts, the beauty of the gifts, the beauty of using these gifts, of discovering them, of thriving in them. Number one, I said it when we finished the sermon last week, you will be satisfied. Satisfaction comes in the gifts of the Spirit. Knowing and using your gifts will give you an understanding of the unique and indispensable ministry you have been called to. God has called you to a ministry. Turn to your neighbor. Eh? No. You will discover a significant part of your purpose for being on this planet when you use the gifts God has given you. Each one of us has a purpose. Some of us will, will take our whole life to find this purpose. If you know the gifts inside of you, you are almost almost at your purpose. You'll discover or you'll have a sense of fulfillment. You'll have joy in your heart when you have these gifts discovered and used. 
Are you looking for joy? One of the reasons sometimes you don't have joy is because you're not serving the Lord with the gifts he's given you. So are you looking for joy? Find and use the gift. Knowledge of the spiritual gifts will assist you in discerning and affirming the will of God for your life. You will know. Only when you discover and use the gifts. You'll make more intelligent decisions about possible involvement in specific opportunities and training in light of your God-given function in the body. In the gifts. In the gifts. You'll use your time more effectively now, obviously, because you are aligned to God's plan for your life. Discover and use the gifts. So reason number one, you'll be satisfied. Number two, others will be edified. Edified is built up. They will become mature in the faith. Knowing and using your gifts will lead you to the edification of the other members of the body of Christ. It will be someone last week as well. When you thrive in your gift, there's a way it blesses me. Have you not been blessed by the ministry of John? Makofia John Tenan. In the house of God, he's, le <laughs> he's leading the service. Each one of you has a gift. And don't compare it to his. The other day, I was like, I was like, I was like, from the pulpit. I was like, can you imagine coming after John? I was like, I was like, I but, 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 each one of us is important. Maybe you can service lead, not like him. It, it doesn't matter. God has blessed you anyway. If we are all the same, doing everything the same, it will be a boring place. Indio? If you fail to develop your gifts or let them decline through disuse, your brothers and sisters in Christ will actually be hurt because they will be deprived of the unique ministry that only you could perform in their lives. What is your gift? Because there's somebody hurting here because you are not thriving in yours. Number three, God is glorified when we discover and use our gifts. He's glorified. First Peter 4.10 tells us that each of us should use whatever gift we have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Basically, our spiritual gifts are ultimately designed to bring glory to God. This is our highest calling, guys, to give glory to God. Whatever we do, whatever you do, must be for the glory of God. If it is for your own glory, you have failed the example. Everything we do must be for his glory. Aye, last week we talked about where the gifts are in the Bible. The book of Ephesians, the book of Romans, and the book of Corinthians. The gifts are introduced by a description of the unity and diversity of the body of Christ. What the gifts are supposed to do in the long run is to bring 
unity and show diversity in the body. We cannot all be the same. If you're in this house and you've always wondered why was I created, Mimi Nikamayangu was a mistake. I don't even know who my parents are, my dad, my mom, it is it is okay, Sawa. I'm sorry. But each one of us has a purpose. God created you for a reason. He put his gift in you for the building of the body, for the unity of us believers, but to also show how diverse we are. Never forget, all believers have been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Christ is the head, the ruler. Believers are the individual members. This one I said last week as well. It is not about the denominations. There is nothing that will happen in heaven like Ati. Aya, Tarumeta Emelia, Jesus ametukujia tunaenda, then you get there, then you're like, Aya, wase waemba, line line one. Wase wa PCA, wase wasijui kato, uh-uh. It is coming, the book of Revelation says this, he is coming for his bride, the church. That is who he is coming for. So, we are one body. Please know that. I know we have all the histories of where you come from, but Christ sees you as part of his body. He doesn't see the denomination. Believe that. Each Christian then has a special function to perform. This is the gist of this month. Each one of you, and I, I will sound very repetitive in this month, by the way, but it's intentional. By the time you're like, we get it. Each one of you has a function. Hey, I know some of you are like, hey, Pasi, no, not me. Yes, you. Could it be then who? <laughs> there is quantitative and qualitative growth when believers discover and actually use their gifts. Quantity is the body thrives. The church grows. The world sees the light of God. Quality is you also grow, mature. You become light. Just as no organ can function independently of the others, so no Christian can enjoy spiritual vitality in a relation of acute. We each need the other. We each need the other. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, I need you. <laughs> the Spirit has sovereignly distributed spiritual gifts to every member. <laughs> From here inside. For our guests, our guests in the house, guests, guests. Uh, disclaimer, he, my, the, my right side has issues. issues. <laughs> yeah, <this laughs> so excuse them to us. In this, these, these are our people. We need them. They need us. Amen. The spirit. <laughs> Every single member has a gift. No member has all the gifts. Adam, I don't. The only reason I am a minister in the house of God is because I told Christ yes. Not because I'm special. I 
The only reason I am a minister in this house is because God called and I said yes. That's the qualification. God needs you in his kingdom because his gift is in you. For him to use you, all you have to say is to end the curse. He'll never force you. He's a gentleman. None of us has all the gifts and will never have all the gifts. I see some of the gifts in you. What? Wow. Me, me, all I said is yes. When DC comes to preach, is he said yes. When he service leading, is he said yes. We need to start saying yes to God's call over our lives. The body of Christ is an organism, not a dictatorship or a democracy. As such, the local church is best structured around the distribution and function of spiritual gifts found in its members. Let me repeat that line again annoyingly. Each one of you has a gift. I don't care whether you've been told you're useless all your life and still believe it. I'm sorry, but each one of you has a gift to be used in God's house. Can I hear an amen? amen? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 4 to 16. We want to look at the role of God-given gifts in the edification of the body. Ephesians 4. I'll read from verse 4 to 16. I know it's a long reading, but just bear with me, kidogo. Ephesians 4, 4 to 16. There's one body and one spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you are called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and one Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Verse 7. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in the deceitful scheming. Instead, verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Jesus Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Each part does its work. Its work. As each, each part does its work. The seven points of unity outlined in verses 4 to 6. Seven points of unity. One body. We talked about the body week one. That is the church. We are one. One. One body. One spirit. That is the spirit of God. One hope. That is a hope for eternal life. We know that it does not end here. The hope of living with the Lord forever. One hope. Yeah, we are hoping 
feeling as a change, yes, but the hope, blessed hope, is the Lord Jesus. One Lord, our Savior. There's no other Lord. It's Him and Him alone. One faith, the faith in the Trinity. One baptism. I wonder we ask you consistently, if you've never been baptized, consider it. The baptism of water that signifies the salvation that happens in the spirit. That is the physical show of that, of the other, of the other one. Then there's one God, our Father, the Father of all. The seven points of unity point us to oneness. That's why we are one. We are not this versus this. We are one believing body. This comes onto the fact that we are one. It should point to our unity as believers. The Holy Spirit of God and His gifts should unite us. The Holy Spirit and His, and his gifts should unite us, not separate us. He should not separate us. This guy, ah, Zizi, no, no, no. Me, me, I don't even know mine, so I'm done. Ah, uh ah, -uh, guys. It will not bring <laughs> issues. The Holy Spirit of God and His gifts will unite us. It makes us one. This, this will be tricky. Eh? Just turn to the right neighbor, tell them we are one. <laughs> yeah, we are one. <laughs> The basis of the giving of spiritual gifts to the church by Jesus is shown in verse 7 to 10. The whole universe, the point of all of this is that the whole universe might be filled with Jesus Christ. That was the point. Jesus had to go for the helper to come. He filled us. Fill you. That you might shine his light to the rest of the dying world. Inside you is his light. His power that you might go forth and declare, hey, I say, there is a Lord and his name is Jesus. He wants all of us, Jews, Gentiles, kill them to, to come to him. That is what the purpose of all of this is. This will happen when we each exercise our gifts or gift effectively. The world should be able to see our good works and glorify the Father. Again, let me remind you, each one of you is a minister. Each one of you. Please remember. Tumesema story corporate growth is denoted in verse 12. We saw this last week. Verse 13 talks of individual growth. I just shared that a few moments ago. Verse 12 talks of the building up of the church as a whole. 13 talks of building the believer. How does the building of the individual look like? That's been shared. He reaches unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Becomes mature. We just read that. And then attains to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is how we are built. Unity in the faith. Uni believer, uni believer, uni believer, we are together. Growth in the answer. 
Then it goes into, now we are learning about this Christ of ours. Knowledge of God, the Son of God. Ah, Jehovah is this, not, ah, we are growing, we are becoming mature. After maturity, or what actually points to maturity, is the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, attaining the whole measure. That is found in Philippians 3, 10 and 11. Let me read for us. Eh? Paul said this, I want to know Christ. Who did Paul and Asema? Paul, I want to know Christ. Yes, then he says, to know the power of his resurrection the, and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. In knowing and becoming mature in the faith, as individuals of this body of believers, we must know the Christ not just in the power of his resurrection, but we must know him in his sufferings as well. Translation, as a believer, life ain't a to the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Shaba. It is also participating in the sufferings of the Lord. In this life, you will get and find, Jesus said, troubles. But be at peace. To Leah, I overcame it all. So, maturity of the believer is in the power of the Spirit and participating in the sufferings of Christ. If you are there and you place your suffering, be encouraged. You are maturing as a believer. And upon you, maybe the crown will be heavier or better. More. Itakuwa mzuri. Don't shy away from the sufferings the Lord allows in our, in our lives. Amen? Amen? Maturity from verse 14 means that you're no longer infants, tossed to and fro by waves, blown here and there by every wind of doctrine, teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. That is maturity as well. We are not like children. Like you can, you are, one of the things as parents you realize very quickly, huh? and yeah, kids, bad, okidogo, their minds are not, so you can tell them, sorry to use this in the house of God, anything. I shared the other week in Kiambiwa, Dad, why do you and mommy sleep on the same bed? You know those questions. Oh, Dad, eh, how come you have a ring in your finger? Dad, where did I come from? Dad, 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 kids can be tossed because I know even some of you, the answers you've given, if we'd share them up, <laughs> God is saying do not be as children who are tossed by every wind of doctrine that comes. And there are so many right now. So many. New age. You can sit and do what? Do candles. My goodness, there are so many. Are you one that is tossed? By every wind. Check yourself. Maybe, just maybe, you have refused to exercise the gift of God in your life. And if you have refused, you are a Malisa. Last week we said the gifts of the Spirit are outlined in the books of Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. 
We looked at the first seven. Today I want us to look at the next eight. There are quite a few. So last week we looked at prophecy, service, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, and mercy. Today we look at wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, distinguishing of spirit, spirit, sorry, discernment. Yeah, talking about discernment at times. There's tongues and then interpretation of tongues. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, Karabashanda. Leonios, tumefika hapo. Aya, so number eight, the gift of wisdom. How many believe they have the gift of wisdom? Can I see your hand? You better put up your, you better put up your hand. So we are all fools in the house of God. <laughs> I'm telling you this side. He, he lied, this one. Next week I'm going to switch there. First Corinthians 12, 7 and 8, the first part. Let me read for us. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for our common good. Verse 8, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. This is the ability to apply the principles of the Word of God in a practical way to complex, difficult, or paradoxical situations and recommend the best course of action at the best time. The exercise of this gift skillfully distills insight and discernment into excellent advice. Do you have the spirit of wisdom? I actually believe, this is me, we each have the spirit of wisdom. Each one of us can look at the situation and be like, you know what, this is what is wise. That is from God, guys. Spirit of wisdom. We need guys with the spirit of wisdom in the house of God to help with decision making, tough decisions. And no wonder you'll hear churches have things like um, board, these decons, yes, group advisory board. Board of, is because there's decisions that need wisdom. For example, one of the biggest decisions we have to make as a church is during COVID. What do we do? How do we minister to our congregations? For example, Pastor Patikana Lipea, what to worship, what to What do we do? I'm check. <laughs> it happens. What do we do? When, for example, um, the government is coming for the land. Remember the issue we had, there's a case we had back in the day where the government was saying, ah, yeah, there's an issue with your title deed. We need guys with wisdom to help with such situations. Are you such? Next year, we're approaching some of you to help us in this space of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. Remember, to Mesema, the ability to apply, apply. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Do you have the gift of applying the knowledge that you have? If you do, because there's a difference between that and number nine, the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge, to Nesoma, First Corinthians 12, 7, and but the second bit of uh, chapter, uh, um, verse 8. Now to each one, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. But 8, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. 
Knowledge is the ability to discover, analyze, and systematize truth for the benefit of the church. Analyze, sorry, discover, analyze, and systematize truth for the benefit of the church. With this gift, one speaks with the understanding and penetration. Some also associate supernatural perception with this gift. So you know the truth. It's very different. Wisdom is applied truth. It you know. There's a difference between knowing the word of God and applying the word of God. God says, do not. God says, there are those who know, and most of us, when they say Kenya is 80% Christian, I actually tend to believe the figure. Because we know. Ask anyone on the street what the Ten Commandments are, and they'll give you a few. But do we apply? From 80, I dare say to even 5%. Those are the figures you have. Number 10, the gift of faith. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and verse 9, the, the first bit of verse 9 says, Now to each one, this one is just the, the repeated verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To another is given faith by the same Spirit. How many think they have or believe they have the gift of faith? Gift of faith? Gift of faith? I actually think I have the gift of faith. I believe I have the gift of faith. Let me explain. This is the ability to have a vision for what God wants to be done and to confidently believe that it will be accomplished in spite of circumstances and appearances to the contrary. The gift of faith transforms vision into reality. The reason I know each one of you, or most of you, or some of you, I don't know, have the gift of faith is you have families. Have you ever looked at your family and thought, oh, I'll put in the next couple of years? But then you say, gift of faith. That is from God. Eh. Ladies, you have it. I need to make sure. Faith. Faith. Do you have the gift of faith? Exercise it in the house of God. We need you in God's house. As you can tell, Sisi, you are a bit naked. The, the worship team was telling me, hey, Pastor, sound buana. I'm a Pastor. i Guys, Hallelujah. And I will remind you again. This one I reminded you last month, and I'll do it again. Please consider supporting the Bakasi. Hallelujah. Amen. Last week we talked about the gift of giving. The gift of giving. And I think all of us have the gift of giving. Because we give to our children, family members. We give, we are givers. The moment you receive Christ, Christ gave himself to you. And so, so consider. Amen. Gift of faith. We have faith. By faith, we have received Jesus. So you have the gift of faith. Exercise it. Please, I beg you, exercise it. You need it. Faith, especially 
the, in spite of circumstances and appearances to the contrary. Unaona sickness, but you're saying, Jehovah, I believe you are Rafa. You see lack, but you believe God's word. When you believe God's word, you know for a fact that you have faith. Exercise it. Number 11, the gift of healing. Healers in the house. Gift healers. He said, hey, leo, leo, leo. Healers. Kunungine mefanya to pastor, please. Pastor, please. Pastor, please. First Corinthians 12, 7 and 9b. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse 9. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. This is the ability to serve as a human instrument through whom God supernaturally cures illnesses and restores health. How many of you have prayed for the sick? You better raise all of your hands. <laughs> the possessor of this gift is not the source of power, but a vessel, a vessel who can only heal those diseases the Lord chooses to heal. Only those the Lord chooses to. Inner healing. Healing of memories. Sometimes associated as another manifestation of this gift. God is still in the business of healing. Can I hear an amen? Amen. God still is Jehovah Rapha, is he not? And so, even in the face of sickness, you have the power to pray for healing. We do it every single day. Did you not pray for my wife last week? Is she not here, alive and well? Makofi ko happy boy. Sijuzi liguwa na homa. Ama you think the medicine worked? The medicine. If it were not for God being a healer, you would not be healed. I kid you not. If it were not for the grace of healing from God, you would not check but it's the truth. We are all under the grace of God, guys. Healing still happens. Don't be shy to pray for healing. It is still in God's word. If your baby gets sick, you have promised that you will heal our infirmities. That's the promise of God. You pray in confidence. Activate the gift of faith and healing. And you pray. And we do that consistently. When our parents are not well, you don't just sit there and go, No. Some of us are not warriors who shout. King of kings, come through. Upper, I can't do this one. Healing is still in the business of God. So some, of, some, if not most, by the way, I don't know anyone who has never prayed for a sick person and believed that they're going to get well. That's the gift of healing. Number 12, the gift of miracles. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 10 tells us, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse 10, to another miraculous powers. What to a miracles? Miracles? 
This is the ability to serve as an instrument through whom God accomplishes acts that manifest supernatural power. Miracles bear witness to the presence of God and the truth of his proclaimed word and appear to occur most frequently in association with missionary activity. Miracles still happen. How many believe miracles are still there? Eh, so why, why are you not raising your hands before? <laughs> miracles are still there. And we've actually been the points of miracles in other people, people, people's lives, isn't it? Like, I must come on the but God is telling us these are people that serve as an instrument through what God wants to accomplish in the lives of others. Supernatural. We see it all through scripture. And I know you have been somebody's miracle, even in a way that when I assume Ami or was just, it happens, guys. Some of you have been blessed with that power. Guys, I have to remind you that the spirit of God living inside of you is the spirit of God. The spirit of the living, powerful God. You maybe, just maybe, need to discover and activate that gift. Amen? Amen. Number 13, the gift of distinguishing of spirits. Discernment. Ladies in the house, can I hear an Amen. Yes, we know. <laughs> First Corinthians 12, 7 and 10. I have to remind you, this is the spirit of God. It's not just to the ladies. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Verse 10, to another, distinguishing between spirits. This is the ability to clearly discern the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. 1 John 4, 6 says the following, yeah? We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, those who believe. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. If you have the spirit of God living inside of you, and have ever just been in a situation, Something is wrong with what this person is saying. Discernment. Truth from falsehood. Sweetie, where were you yesterday? Nilik one of the boys. Ulikona watch ball? I'm only not visit your mom. Ali nilikona mother, by the way. So Manchester, I want you to ask, you know, <laughs> the spirit of truth, we have it, and we assume it's our strength. But yeah, me, 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 na kongatunaka, I just, kuna venyatuni kiongeleshwa, that if you have the spirit of God inside of you, that is the gift of discernment. Activate it, we need it in the church. How? What do you think we do when we're hiring people? We have teams. Our church in Nairobi, uh, in Ngongro, uh, has a team that hire people. We place the discernment guys there because you can have all the qualifications in the world. But kuna tuka kitu. Toka hivi interview uko. Why am I not? Kuna kitu hapo. 
Did you ask this question? Yes. Did you ask? Let me just call them. Hey, so let me ask you, what happened in 2015? Ah, we need you in the house of God. Activate your gift. Know it. Thrive in it. The gift of discernment. Number 14, the gift of tongues. First hmm? Corinthians 12, 7 and 10, D. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse 10, the last part, or the second last part, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. Karabashanda. Amen? This is the ability to receive a message from God and impart this spiritual message in a language the recipient never learned or does not know. For the members of the body to be edified, this message, the Bible says, must be interpreted either by the recipient or by another person who has the gift of interpreting tongues. A lot of controversy. The teachers in the house are like, Pastor, you better talk about the controversy. <laughs> there is a lot of controversy. He said, but most of our teachers inside. Paul qualified the public use of this gift, tongues, stating that in a meeting of the church, two or at most three could speak in a tongue, yes. It must be done in tongues. And the person with the gift of interpretation must be present to interpret. Those are the conditions. Paul and Sam. Two, there are a number of differences between manifestation of tongues in Pentecost, remember, when the Holy Spirit came upon the 120, and its use in the body. This difference suggests the two are not identical. That one was a manifestation of the Spirit of God upon the instruction among the start of the church. This one is the gift of the Spirit in use in the body. In his list, in a uh, list of spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Paul spoke of different kinds of tongues. There is we have to be very keen to note that they are different. I'm saying that very intentionally. They are different. Please, always remember that's the word of God. Different kinds of tongues. This couple in statements in 1 Corinthians 14 has led many to distinguish a private use of tongues, often called a prayer language. Ah, yeah. Let me read for us, eh? 1 Corinthians 14. I will read verse 2, verse 4, verse 14, verse 28. We're almost done. Songa Songa. For anyone who speaks in a tongue, verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14, for anyone who does not speak in a tongue, or for anyone who speaks in a tongue, uh, does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries of the Spirit. This is the Bible. Verse 4. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Denoting we don't understand. My spirit prays, mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? Paul asks, verse 15. I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. So he's telling us, we see pray to na tongues, pray also na kizungu na kiswahili na zingine. In understanding. I will sing in my spirit but also seeing with understanding. 
So it is not saying elevate it above even the normal languages of conversation. It is a gift of the Spirit. Verse 28, let me read. If there is no interpreter, 1 Corinthians 14, 28, the speaker should keep quiet. This is the word of God. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church, speak to himself and to God. <laughs> Private use of the tongue should be differentiated from public use of the tongue, which must be interpreted. Paul wrote, if there is no interpreter, silence. Because at Wele, Miss G. Karabashan and the Manishani. No puns intended. See, see, I'm not pointing any fingers. Let him speak to God and to himself. This is a gift, guys. It is a gift to be able to understand, not understand, but speak in a different tongue. This mame apa and I am in prayer and start speaking in disease language, vernacular. And Naongea not understanding a single word, then this is like, but bro, you are speaking in my language. You said one, two, three, four, five. That is the gift of tongues. Is there an angelic side to it? Scripture in the same. But most of it is different tongues. This gift, unfortunately, is often abused. Major. How? It is a source of spiritual pride, excessive preoccupation, and divisiveness. For some reason, we assume, because well, some of us, most of us, to come up in the Pentecostal, eh? and for, some, for somebody to be exercising the gift of tongues, which we don't even, I don't even know whether it was the gift of tongues, they looked holier than the rest of us. They understand. They are elevated. No, guys, remember what you said before. No gift is special than the other. They are the same. Contrary to some teaching, tongues are not the only sign of the feeling of the spirit. sign of the spirit of God. No. Remember he shared with us that even Titus, who helps in the house of God, has the spirit of God. The gift of service is flowing through him. So tongues is not just the only sign of the feeling of the spirit of God. And here's another notice. Not all of us have this gift. You have this gift or a set of these gifts. Please remember that. To Sidanganue, can't you never tell them Sidanganue? Tafadal. Aya, you start to mesema, even with the, that, you must have, some of us then have the gift of the interpretation of tongues. You hear it and you can translate. So, in closing, Polini Michikwa, a few minutes. What gift do you think you possess? Which ones? Because you have them from God. Have you taken time to discover these gifts? The gift of wisdom, knowledge, service, giving. What gift do you have from God? Because if you claim to be a child of the living God, 
have accepted his son into your heart. You have a gift. A few gifts. The only reason God will tell you well done is if you faithfully steward the gifts he gave you. Why would God give you a gift? Get away from me. Have you ever given a child a gift? No, that feeling. That is how God looks at us. <laughs> that is how God looks at us. The more we exercise our gifts, the more we are built up as a church. We need you. Guys, we need you and your gifts. Find them. Discover. Exercise them. The more you do, the more we thrive as the body. When you see somebody struggling, when you see somebody sick, and you're moved with compassion to them, to the place of, I either want to pray or be with them, that's a gift of the Spirit of God. It's not at your special. It is God's gift inside of you. When we build up the gifts in us, when, when, when we allow them to come out, when we serve in them, the church thrives, guys. As the church thrives, it does not just thrive at it becomes healthy. It is mature. Because we are learning and growing together as a unified body of believers. That is all it is. You've heard of stories of guys saying, hey, Nani is sick and in hospital. I have to go see them. They're stopping everything. You've heard of one of the best, I think, maybe I'm wrong, one of the best um, visitation ministries is in Sita. Sita was one of the best visitation ministries. And these are people who just, my mother-in-law used to be in that. And she's still the same, even without being in that ministry today. And as do sickness, death, she's there. Like straight. But it is the gift of the Spirit of God in her. Like the other day, I'm going to pick up to me, hey, did you hear this one so he's dead? We're like, who, who, who's this person? And she lives in Karatina. This thing was in Gong. And she went. Like, how come? What's your gift? Guys, what's your gift? I believe that, and I said this last week, we are unsatisfied in and through life as unbelievers. Because you have the space of Christ. We need it. We have an insatisfaction because of that. But we are unsatisfied as believers because we don't exercise the gift of God inside us.
Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.